You are listening to Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam and Christy, the personal statement edition. This is our fourth, and I'm a little sad to say, final installment in our mini-series that we're calling Getting Personal with Personal Statements. I'm going to miss doing this with you guys. This has been so fun. Yeah, me too. If you have been following this mini-series, you probably know the drill. But just in case, we strongly recommend that you listen to this episode with the personal statement in front of you. So pull up Personal Statement D on the Navigating Law School Admissions website, or you can find the link in the show notes to this episode. Longtime podcast listeners will know that we love to start with a game. And here it is, our final installment in the hypothetical game. And this time we are going to get really personal with personal statements because the hypothetical is, if you could go back and rewrite or revise your own personal statement, how would you do it? Oh, okay. So don't all jump in at once, guys. (laughs) Come on. I'm going last, by the way, because I really don't know what to say. It's like listening to a voicemail you've recorded when you reread your personal statement, especially from oh so long ago. Um, when I reread my personal statement when I started this job, a couple things struck me. One is that I think I overly focused on one specific anecdote. So I wrote about teaching and my teaching experience, and I focused on one particular student and one particular interaction with students. Yeah, that's that a pet student. peeve for me, Christy. I'm not into that. It's, it's, <laughs> and that's what really struck me. And it got the job done. I mean, clearly, clearly everything worked fine. out. <laughs> it, it was one of those ones I, when I read it, I was like, this is perfectly acceptable, but the over-reliance on a singular anecdote is something I probably would revisit if I had to rewrite it now, which luckily I don't have to. (laughs) All right, Ulysses, what about you? Um, So I I wrote about a frustration that I had um, in terms of realizing how little I knew, right? So like, Coming from like a you know a very good public school in Syracuse, and then going and getting absolutely destroyed freshman year at Cornell, and you know kind of developing as a young student, but every day meeting more amazing, ridiculously intelligent, unbelievably accomplished people was just revealing to me how little I really understood about the world. Right. So the the point of the essay was. I need to go to law school because I don't understand things like the relationship between state, uh, you know, local, state and federal governments. I don't understand how the stock market works. I don't understand, you know, the differences between different structures of companies. I don't I don't understand any of it. And I don't know how to get from where I am to where I think I need to be um, any other way. Right. So I was skeptical that, you know, business school or a PhD or, you know, any other form of higher education would sort of short circuit that trip for me as well as law school would, you know, like for me, I was, I was, you know, I think I was reflecting a sort of deep insecurity because of, of the community that I was, I was sort of coming from and, and to, into which I was finding myself in this sort of like Ivy league uh, education space. And, um, I think that's in such an interesting essay. It's such an such an uh, unusual and interesting approach. I mean, I think the, the thing that I would like about it today is um, I really like it when applicants reflect self awareness of their weaknesses. Um, the thing I'm not sure I would I would enjoy as much about reading such an applicant uh, is, you know, did you do enough before this? Like, you know, maybe maybe you're being a little narrow about how you're going to solve this problem. And maybe there were things that you should have been doing before this moment. But I think it was reasonably self-aware about my weaknesses, which I like to see. So unlike the two of you, I do not 
remember well or perhaps at all my law school essay. It was a very bad time in my life when I was applying to law school. Um, my father had just passed away. And so the whole thing is like kind of a foggy time. I think that what I was trying to do, if I can try to recreate, is I was like a classic pivot person. So I was a STEM major. I was planning on doing an MD-PhD. Like that was what I was doing from day one. My whole resume, all of my experiences looked very much like someone planning to do an MD-PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology. And I kind of knew that what I needed to do was explain like why the heck I was getting off that path and onto this one. I suspect if I read it today, there would still be unanswered questions. I, and I think the reason there was unanswered questions is because I didn't really have a great answer at the time as to why law school. It was more, well, I know I don't want to do that, so I'm going to do something else instead. So it was more a why not that and less of a why this. And I don't think that was probably as strong as it could have been. And I think I also said this or alluded to it in the last episode. I was also an international applicant without a really good answer to why law school in the U.S., um, and so I think I probably left questions unanswered that I should have been able to answer. And I think I did so because I didn't really have the answers myself. What all of these reflections, I think, uh, should tell you listeners is that A, there's always room for improvement. And B, nobody submits a perfect personal statement. Let's turn now to our fourth author, who begins with a very intriguing opening sentence. And I'm going to quote, The coldest winter in CityX history was in December of 1980, the year my parents immigrated to the United States. The author goes on to describe the challenges of growing up as a first-generation Assyrian-American who faced significant cultural differences. The author then describes discovering the court case Plyer v. Doe in college and learning about how the court recognized the right of all children to an education, regardless of their immigration status. The essay moves on to discuss how the author was inspired by the legal work of Wissam Naum, an attorney who led a pro bono legal aid campaign to protect Assyrian immigrants facing deportation. And the final paragraph discusses the author's interest in legal education, specifically referencing corporate law and their continued interest in protecting the rights of immigrants. All right. What are everyone's initial thoughts? I have a lot of mixed feelings on this one. I, I loved the opening line. It grabbed me. That can be tough to do. This author nailed it. One caveat here for listeners, because I think a few of the essays we've looked at have really strong opening lines. If you do not feel called to write an attention-grabbing opening line, don't force it. Generally, this in this essay, the writing is strong. And I felt like I got a good window into the author's background and identity in the first few paragraphs. This essay was strongest when it was about the applicant and not other topics. Yeah, this is a good essay. Um, although I found the writing a bit, you know, florid at times. Uh, you know, I think each of you have have used the phrase "trying too hard" a couple of times in previous episodes, and and I certainly felt that uh, for this essay. Um, like Christy, I think the strongest section came at the beginning uh, when the when the author was focused on their own background. Um, I wish the author had focused less on Plyer versus Doe and the work of Wissam Naum and much more on their own personal experiences. And one quick note, it's actually Plyler. So in this writer um, does Plyer, but it's the actual court case is Plyler with another L. Ah. Oh, wow. That's a bad thing to get wrong, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I had a very similar reaction to both Christy and Ulysses. There's a lot of basics right here. It's well formatted. It's well written. It flows. But one thing that just jumped out at me right away is that the author expresses a very strong interest in immigration issues, but then there's no discussion of any specific experiences they personally have had related to immigration law beyond obviously their parents' own immigration experience. Were there any classes on a relevant topic, extracurricular experiences, work or volunteer experiences? Without any of the above, we're right back in telling, not showing mode. And essays always feel more authentic if you're showing. Let's just start briefly with the basics, which which to me are quite solid. Yeah, not, nothing wrong with the formatting. There does seem to be a small issue with an odd break in the middle of a sentence between the first and the second page, but it's not a big deal. And I really enjoyed the writing overall. As I mentioned earlier, that first sentence pops. The whole first paragraph, actually, I found quite strong. I can really picture the author's parents getting off the midnight train with a small amount of money in their pocket and starting their lives in America. Yeah, and the sentences are written simply. They're not any dictionary words that I didn't know beforehand. And the writing still is sophisticated. So I think that's a good note. You don't have to use fancy words to write in a sophisticated way. The sentences vary quite a bit in length and structure, which really helps with movement through the essay for the reader. As just one example, there's a very short sentence, this confused me. It's in between two much longer sentences and really gives the essay some flow and sort of forces you to stop and think in that moment. It's a nice break point. Yeah, turning to content, there seem to be four different sections of this essay to discuss, right? So the section on the author's background and a Syrian-American identity, the, the first two paragraphs, the discussion of what should be Plyler versus Doe, the third paragraph, and the discussion of Wissam Naum's immigration work, the fourth paragraph, um, and the explanation of why the author wants to go to law school and what they hope to accomplish as a lawyer, uh, the final two paragraphs. So I'll start with the first two paragraphs. These really are the heart of this personal statement and, and are by far the strongest part of the essay. The, the writing really sings. You get a detailed sense of what the author experienced as a child and a young adult. Um, those, you know, those paragraphs are very well done. So I'll talk a little bit about the next section, which is the paragraph on Plyler versus Doe. It focuses in quite a lot of detail on something really outside of the applicant's own experience. According to the author, they were fascinated by this court case and empathized with the appellees. But I don't think an entire paragraph of your personal statement should be dedicated to a court case that you stumbled on your sophomore year in college. Of course, it would be different if you worked on the case as an intern or a paralegal, or perhaps wrote a thesis on it. But here, the connection was just too tenuous to sustain one of the four main foci of the essay. The next paragraph about Wissam Naom's work on behalf of Assyrian immigrants has a similar issue. The author has observed, admired, and been inspired by this work, but they didn't participate in it themselves. Without a more direct connection, I think it would be more effective to replace this paragraph with something that's a bit more um, in harmony with the applicant's own experiences. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a theme in terms of a, of a problem, um, you know, with this essay, you know, while technically strong. So the, if you look at the final two paragraphs, there's a built in tension there. The first sentence discusses the author's, quote, moral obligation to use my education and pro bono legal services to empower immigrants who are structurally oppressed, close quote. But a few sentences later, the author discusses, quote, an interest in being a corporate attorney and leveraging their 
business knowledge uh, from their undergraduate degree. Uh, of course, it's totally fine to have a wide range of interests. Um, you know, many people certainly at this point don't have a strong sense of what kind of law they're going to practice. But the mention of corporate law here seems to come completely out of nowhere. Uh, the rest of the essay is focused on immigration. So it's it raises a question that I otherwise might not have had about what really does this author want to do? So I agree with that 100 percent. That just jumped out like, whoa, where did out of left field? Where's this corporate law thing coming from? And I just go back to the point I made at the beginning. If the author's real interest is immigration issues, it would be really helpful if they included at least an example or two to show how they develop that interest through their own education or work experiences. Remember, being detailed really helps. And again, we say this over and over again, show it, don't tell it. I'll zoom out from this personal statement to make a broader point. If you are interested in going into corporate law, awesome. I've found that some applicants are really concerned that admissions offices are looking for a certain set of career aspirations. We're not. We're just looking for you to be your authentic self and express your authentic interests. Um, so zooming back into this essay here, I would probably recommend that this author e either delves a bit further into their interest in corporate law or just, or just drops it from this essay. As we've said in other installments, you can use another essay or avenue to express your interests. Yeah, can I just jump in on that? Because yeah, obviously our school has a, you know, um, in many ways, because we're you're sitting in Brooklyn, we have a huge clinical program, we're, we're thought of as very much a public service school, we're obviously a big, you know, business law school as well. But I definitely get the sense in our applicant pool that students that are interested in sort of private sector uh, legal practice feel some pressure to express an interest in public service practice. And I, I don't know why they feel that. I, I, we certainly don't have any um, inclination or admissions materials that we favor it. Um, we're not a school. There are some law schools for which it's critically important to reflect that interest. They will not admit you if you don't demonstrate a passion and interest for public service law. We don't happen to be one of them, but you really need to get that understanding about the law school um, the law school is on your list, um, it, you know, before you try to weave that into your um, application materials, right? It's really, um, it, you know, it, it reflects, a, frankly, a lack of research on your part if you don't understand that about the schools. And then you just waste an opportunity to express your authentic self, as has been um, explained, if you're, you're, you're doing a sort of performative uh, nod towards aspects of the practice that you're not really interested in practicing. When you're sitting there <laughs> typing on the keyboard and it feels like you're forcing it, it's probably not the right thing to share. Yeah. You should write about what is true to yourself. And if it's corporate law, that is a good thing. If it's not, that's also a good thing. But there's no pressure from the top down from us for it to be one or the other. I read an essay last year that was like, I want to work on the biggest transactions on the planet. And I was like, you're oh, like so, so refreshing. refreshing. So yeah. refreshing. I know. I know. I love when I see them because they're sadly rare. <laughs> now we're going to get like 2000 corporate law essays this year. I always find it amazing when people act as though there's something terrible about wanting to be a business lawyer. I love being a business lawyer. I get in trouble sometimes for not reflecting how challenging it can be to be a business lawyer because I didn't have a terrible big law experience. So... Yeah, I mean, if that's not where your focus is, um, that's fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to read, uh, you know, 2,000 public service applicants too. But um, Absolutely. that's the fantastic thing about law school. It's the fantastic thing about the practice, the diversity of outcomes. You know, like the, you know, going back to what you said a couple of episodes ago about holistic review, 
Um, you know, we have a holistic review because we want a diverse pool, because we want diverse outcomes. We're not looking for every student to come out and become an international human rights lawyer any more than we're looking for every student to come out and become a securities litigation lawyer, right? So just be yourself, please. I beg you. All right. Any final thoughts on this one? So I will go first. So I think this essay is a really good reminder that personal statements should be focused on you. It really shines when it's about the author's own background and it falls flat when it talks about court cases and other people's work. You've just got two pages to tell us about who you are. Take full advantage of that opportunity. This has come up in almost all the personal statements we've looked at in this mini series, but I'll say it again. You don't want to leave the reader with unanswered questions. Here, we are left wondering whether the author is interested in immigration law or perhaps corporate law is their focus, or maybe they're not sure yet what law they want to practice. There's no right or wrong answer, but just make sure you're not raising questions that are left unanswered in the application as a whole. Yeah, I think that the good news here is that the writing is very strong. So technically strong. Um, I think when you're when the problems are really content problems, you're in, you're in reasonably good shape because the the kind of the superpower of communicating clearly is possessed by this applicant. They really need to tighten up, um, you know, the subject matter choices that they're making so they don't seem like they're trying so hard to give us what what they think we want. Um, but they are clearly capable once they settle on the right topics to communicate of delivering. And, you know, I think that's the that's really the, you know, the hurdle. Ulysses, thank you so much for joining us for this four part mini series on personal statements. Uh, do you have any final advice for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this in general, your entire application is a, is like an argument, right? You know, the lawyer in me thinks about it that way. So you're making the strongest argument you can to every admissions office. And the points of your argument are going to be, you know, different for each applicant. For some applicants, you know, their their transcript is going to be the strongest part of their argument. For some applicants, the strength of the writing in their personal statement. Nobody has a personal has a perfect application, um, but everybody has strong arguments to make. But you need to be making the ones that are correct for you. Um, what we see so much of is someone essentially submitting an application on behalf of this person that they've created in their head. And I can't imagine, um, you know, a worse outcome than being denied when you, you know, when you did not apply as your authentic self. We've then essentially denied this representative being that you created and not you. And then you'll, you'll, you'll never know if you would have fared better. Um, and I guarantee you, you would have fared better had you simply been your authentic self. So I, if I, one piece of advice is make sure that your application is not only as strong as you can make it, but that it reflects you authentically. Well said, Ulysses, and thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam and Christy. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer? Submit them on our website and we will answer them on our final episode. This podcast is produced by Ryan McAvoy from the Yale Broadcast Studio.